how you got into the insurance business. Say most agents don't want to talk about sales. They don't want to hear that there's a sales problem. It's a lead problem. Always, always has been. <laughs> right. right. Everybody complains about all oh, these leads are crap, but it's like, dude, you can take the best leads with no process and you're, you're going to get Dead. no results. Every deal is going to start the wrong way. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to um, build your business. There's just different ways. Um, Buckle up. It's the insurance dudes podcast. Boom. Sean <laughs> Mathis. How's it going? Sean man? Mathis. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming well, on, man. Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. You're a well-known uh, person in this, in this industry. It's been a while. We're going on six years now. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, before we dive in, why don't you tell us the very first concert that you went to? And way back, I mean, if it was Barney, then you have to say it. Yeah, first concert <laughs> I went to. We haven't got uh, a Barney yet. And um, who was it? I want to say, I want to say it was actually it's it's called Edge Fest in in Dallas. They don't do it anymore. Um, they still do it. It's just called something else. The station is called something else. But it was actually a bunch of different uh, folks. There was, uh, I remember, Offspring was there. Um, oh, nice. Uh, Godsmack uh, was there. Um, let's see, there was like uh, Sum 41 was there. Incubus was there. So there was a lot. It was, it was oh, a wow. big group of fun. Yeah. Like Incubus. Awesome. That had to be what, 96, 97? Um, yeah, Maybe I was 98? probably 15, 16 years old. So um, a solid 20 years ago. That, that'd be Crazy. Nice. That makes me old. You know, yeah. Wow. Yep. Craig, like Craig was uh, 60 at that point. So Yeah, I think, that's, no, that was around when I was in my 70s. So. <laughs> the golden years. I'm just getting ready to say that. <laughs> Great, Mike. Well, cool, Sean. Why don't you, why don't you walk us through how, how you got into the insurance business, uh, take us all the way through and then up to what you're doing now, and then we'll go into some other stuff. Yeah, so uh, it's a, it's actually been ten years now that I've uh, wow. that I've been in the industry, and uh, I, I first started. Uh, I think I started getting licensed in two thousand nine, and um, it was coming right off the maybe it's two thousand eight coming right off the back of the the real estate crash of oh eight. Um, I actually put myself through college as a real estate agent from oh five to oh eight, and then things started dipping, and I had a friend in the business. Uh, and I don't know if he even knows I tell this story, um, but uh, he was a, with shelter insurance and I was sending him all my business and I was in his office one day, you know, griping about the, uh, uh, about the industry. And, you know, he said, you, dude, you should be an insurance. You'd be a great insurance agent. I was like, ah, so I got into it, looked at it, I actually uh, got licensed with farmers. Farmers licensed me uh, as part of their reserve program. Um, I had an offer to go work for state farm as a, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? A sales rep for one of the agents. But at that time, my ego got in the way and I was like, no, I'm in, cause I was a real estate agent. So I was like, no, I'm the agent. I want to be the agent. I don't want to work for an agent. So I went to farmers and then, uh, went through their training. And then I realized how much there was to learn. And I got kind of scared. I was like, man, this is a lot, not only how to run a business, but then learn this insurance industry. Yeah. Maybe there's some method to the madness of going to work for somebody first. So then I went to do that, went back, pulled back on that deal with farmers, went and worked uh, as a team member, uh, decided I really liked it. I, at the time I was living in Missouri, I just finished college 
And then I wanted to get back to Dallas. So they said, go to Dallas. It's a, Texas is a whole other animal. Uh, I was in Missouri at the time. So I went to Dallas. So a total of three, almost four years as a team member. Then I was ready to start my own book. But at that time, it was 2010 in, uh, in, in the state of Texas, they, there were some lawsuits going on with Department of Insurance and you know, State Farm back at that time. And there's just like a little bit of a weathering of a storm that needed to happen. And I didn't want to weather that storm as a, as a team member anymore. I wanted to start my own book. Ended up going to Liberty Mutual, starting there. Um, it's a, quite a different setup than most of your traditional agency opportunities. Great company, great benefits, uh, made a great deal of money there. Just wasn't quite what I was uh, envisioning for myself because I really wanted to be a business owner and I just wasn't there. Um, so after about three years of that, uh, my first year, I was rookie of the year, outsold 1,500 other agents that year to just over 700 items and a million in new business premium by myself. Wow. Um, and then was number two in Texas, number five in the country, stayed at the top there. And then ultimately in 2014 is what brought me to uh, the marketing industry. Uh, at the time, I had some stuff going on with the television show called Million Dollar Listing New York and LA. We were doing speaking engagements and I, I kind of helped them build mastermind programs and webinars was showing them how to monetize their fan base. Uh, apparently I was supposed to disclose that as part of my employment contract with Liberty. They didn't like it. Uh, they gave me an ultimatum. So I was like, you know what? I can always be an insurance agent. This is a once in a lifetime deal. I'm going to do this um, and let that go. And then that's kind of where the coaching program for insurance agents came out of was um, well, you know, this, I knew the TV show thing was only going to be so long because, you know, once the show ended, then that's it. So I, I uh, built the program because I was like, obviously, I know a little something that other agents don't know about marketing and generating leads and decided to launch the Agency Alliance Mastermind uh, back in 2014. And that's uh, how I got into the marketing side of things. That's awesome, man. Wow. So how was that experience with Million Dollar, uh, million dollar Listing? Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, you know, the, uh, it started because at, at the time I was really working with a lot of uh, mortgage lenders and realtors and I had my own networking group. So you're familiar with probably like a BNI or a Rotary or something like that. Um, well, I started my own because I couldn't find a spot as an insurance agent. And that's oftentimes yeah. the issue with those types of groups is there's no spots. So I was going to, you know, BNI said, well, you can start one, a chapter of ours and I was like, well, if I'm going to start a chapter, I'll just start my own. So I started something called North Texas Area <laughs> Professionals. Um, we ended up growing that thing to eight chapters um, uh, within the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We had about 120 members. And then we would do monthly happy hours as like a way to recruit and then bring all of our groups together once a month. Well, there's another group that was called Real Estate A-Listers. The um, They call Real Networking, R-E-A-L, Real Estate A-Listers. And they had their events were awesome. They red carpet, videographers, like it was a big deal and all the realtors were going. So I told this guy, I still had a big following and I was tried to, tried to uh, do something at the end of the year so that we didn't compete, his group and my group, uh, for a holiday. And I said, let's, let's do something together. He told me no, he said he didn't want to taint his brand. And so I took offense to that. And I said, okay, you don't want to taint your brand. So I went out and I was like, I want to get more realtors to my events. So I started at the time this TV show was going on. I started calling, literally cold calling the cast members and was trying to get them to come to my event. What do I got to do? What do I got to pay you? How do we get this to, to happen? Long story short, I got Madison Hildebrand from uh, LA to bite on it. He did the first event with me, flew him out to Dallas. I purposely scheduled the event the day before 
this, the real estate A-listers event that year in Dallas. So his was on like the 19th and mine was on the 18th. Um, and obviously, you know, if you're going to do a real estate event, you're going to go to the one with this, this cast member at the time the show was really hot. It was on season three. Everybody loved it. It was a huge hit. Uh, and so I was like, let's do it again. And then I just kind of worked my way through the cast members. Once you got one and they were friends with the other, they're like, yeah, he's legit. And then, um, you know, just kind of built a, a company around it, honestly. And then we started doing it all over the country. So it was pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Is that show still around? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Are you they still doing it? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, NBC, <laughs> after we got a little, a little bigger, NBC uh, uh, got a hold of me and... Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to go down that lawsuit battle with them because so, at the no. time I was calling it Million Dollar Mixers, and they said using their cast members and the words Million Dollar <laughs> were infringing upon their copyrights. So I said, okay, oh, I'll call I think it. It's very clever. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, so I went from a Million Dollar Mixer to um, I don't know some other million something, um, but then it just they kept hassling me. I guess, you know, the bigger we got, the more NBC wanted money. And so we just ended up having to let it go, but it was fine. This is about well, two years that we, uh, two years strong that we did it. Um, and it was really cool to get to when was go that? on set, stuff like that. When was, when was this? This was uh, 2013, uh, end of 13, so, all the way through 14, about Instagram. mid 15. Yeah. Which is interesting. This is like the, the real life version of Instagram, what you're doing. Now they do this stuff on Instagram instead, yeah. right? Monetize an audience and, or create an, build an audience, then monetize it. Yeah. That's yeah. So I, we would host webinars and, you know, coaching pro at, at the time I didn't have a coaching program cause I was, you know, still selling uh, insurance. Uh, but I had some people in the coaching business and I was telling these guys, I was like, look, man, um, you guys, like people will pay to learn from you. And to them, they were just regular people like, you know, you and I. And, and the fact they were mind blown when they saw these events that I put together and people standing in line to get photo ops. Like, I, th I don't think at the time the celebrity had really sunk in with them, that, that they were actually celebrities. Um, and so it was really cool to, to kind of see and, and them be kind of taken aback by it all. Um, and the idea that they could, you know, charge 49 bucks and have a webinar and 200 people from around the world in real estate industry sign up was foreign to them. So it was, uh, it was pretty neat. It's crazy. It still is foreign to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like we all, yeah. like us, we all know, you know, there, every industry has it now, the groups that, that do that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It is pretty mind blowing on, on how, how much you can make. You don't even have to have that big of an audience either. Really don't. I, that's what I told them. You know, by the time I got them to do the coaching stuff, I had already launched mine. So I knew that, you know, that was my biggest fear was who, who's going to listen to me. I'm not a published author. Nobody really knows me outside of the Liberty Mutual world. So like it was a big risk, but uh, obviously it was, uh, it was successful. And, and I told them, look, I, I've got like 1200 followers at the time. And yeah, if I can do this, you guys have 150,000 followers at the time. Right you guys have kill it. <laughs> so wa walk through that because I think that's, a, it's real important and overcoming fear. Cause I think this is what holds most people back from doing anything or be becoming successful is, is that fear. Like people are going to think I'm an idiot or people are going to, I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know, all these things that when you were a kid, you didn't care about. And yeah. now for some reason we do. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously Jason, and I don't, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You know, no, step it's through a, that, step through that overcoming that fear. You know, uh, for me, I think part of it was um, fear, and then you know, part of it was just uh, an element of humility. I think you know, like, uh, and the unknown. You know, I when, when as a captive agent, you get so locked into what's going on in your world um, within that company that you don't really know how other companies are operating or what other people are doing. So like social media has, has kind of opened up now to before you know, 10 years ago, you didn't have the access to know mm. what yeah. good really meant. You knew, Hey, you might be good in your district or at your company. Um, you know, so part of it was just like, you know, what if this may be great here, but what if that is, you know, small time anywhere else and, and my, mm -hmm. my stats are no good. So I think it's part of the unknown. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is, is with video, you know, we try to, I've been teaching people to do video since 2013 and people are still afraid to get on and do video. Um, and, uh, I think the biggest thing to, to doing is just to do it, you know, just to, um, not worry about, there's always going to be people that are going to, you know, say something negative. Um, it doesn't matter what you say. It could be the most positive thing in the world and it's going to piss somebody off. Somebody's going to yeah. laugh at you. Somebody's going to do something. And you just, it took a little bit of getting used to. I remember the very first video I put out, it was the worst video production wise. Like the lighting was bad. I was in my car. Um, the, the way the light from the, the mirror was hitting it made my teeth look yellow because it's like a yellow light and there was like this gloss on my teeth and I, I had cotton mouth and I remember doing this like in the video I did that it was so terrible but awesome. I, I got it out and it was mm -hmm. uh the more people that were talking crap about it the more viral the video went it went for about 72 hours and I did about eight thousand dollars in sales in that 72 hours before I got my first cease and desist letter from State Farm for doing it <laughs> was basically calling them out uh, because I had just the working knowledge of it. Um, and I, you know, the premise of the video, I call it the, the State Farm Smackdown. Um, <laughs> the premise of the video was basically calling out agents who are buying these terrible internet leads and you know, feeding them to their staffs. Uh, and then they wonder why morale is so low and why people are turning over uh, when they're you know, feeding their team garbage that they themselves wouldn't even pick up the phone and call because they know the lead's no good. Um, so don't expect your team to do it. And so I was like, right. if you're a team member and your agent's feeding you these terrible leads, tag them. And so yeah. it's it, it pretty good. But it, it took an element of fear of just saying, just who cares, man, just do it. Like you, you got to do it. Um, and so just doing it the first time and then just getting used to the, the hate that comes with, you know, trying to get out there and be innovative. Yep. So let's talk about the leads and, and your process for getting the leads. What, 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 where did you develop your process? And, um, yeah, yeah. take us through My, that journey. You know, really it was, um, out of, uh, not out of necessity, but, but after my first six months in the business, I, you know, I did everything that everybody else does. I did the, the networking events. I did the, um, cold calls, um, long nights, you know, the friends and family deal and, uh, purchasing leads. And I was ready to quit. I was like, this job sucks, man. Like there's nothing fun about building an agency from scratch, at least at that, doing it that way. Um, yeah. And I was like, I got to figure out something else because I can't go into work like this every day and just get told no all day long. Um, and when you have no clients and you're just doing sales, you're, you're just pounding phones and trying to find something 
and make something happen. Um, and at that time, that's, you know, social media just started kind of coming on the scenes of, you know, ads manager was a, a new thing. Um, and so I started going to and learning how to use Facebook um, and seeing if there's a better way to reach people outside of this, what's traditional. And I saw all these different targeting filters and I was like, man, there's like, my audience is in here. I can specifically target them. Now I just got to figure out how to put it together in a way that's going to convert it and get a quote request out of it. Um, and so it was really just a, a way of seeing that it was going to be something that was important that nobody else was doing. And if I could figure it out, I might just have something um, worth hanging on to. And it turns out I, I did. It worked out. How did, how did you find that it started working? What was it? it was just the, it was, you were good at the targeting, you were good at the, at the copy, like what? Yeah. So, you know, I think a, a lot of it is, is really kind of understanding the, the consumer mindset. Um, I kind of took a shortcut because at Liberty Mutual, they have this thing called an affinity program. I think some other carriers have it too, but you can get discounts to people for um, different job titles or places of employment and things like that. And I saw that those things are available. So like we, a big one is they have basically every D1 alumni. If you're, if you went to college at a D1 school, they have a specific, your, your alumni has an agreement with Liberty corporate. And so I was able to target those people. And I knew that one of the things that we did was go around to, you know, these fire departments or whatever and tell them about the discount. So I was like, well, what if I just tell them about the discount online and I can avoid the driving around town or cold calling and just basically let this ad serve as the cold call. And I thought, what would I say if I had one sentence to tell somebody about this affinity discount, what would that sentence be? And then I just popped it in there and they were, they responded. Love it. That's awesome, man. So that's how I started was just getting, yeah. using what I already had. Um, I think that's what a lot of people, you know, forget like there's so much opportunity. There's so many tools at our disposal. Um, people miss the easy shit. Like, you know, Facebook recommendations. You could go on Facebook and, and type in insurance recommendations in the search bar and you'll pull up a laundry list of people that are either in your network or friends of friends who've asked for an insurance recommendation and people do it all day, every day. Hey, my insurance went up. Who do you guys recommend for insurance? Boom, they get like 150 comments. So you can search that out for free on Facebook and nobody does it. Like you tell somebody that and they're like, wow thought about that it's like the stuff that's so easy um and i think a lot of it is people don't they forget how hard it was before this technology and social media to reach people. right and now you can do thousands of people a day tens yeah. of thousands of people a day for free if you just put in the work and learn how to use the platform but people just don't do it the, the yellow pages was the thing you know yeah. like isn't that crazy like people would yeah. fight over having the the big yellow page ad yep Yep. Dude, that's so funny. Like I've never thought about just searching that <laughs> phrase, but that's, it's so obvious that yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think you know, awesome what, I, what I do like about that, but when it first came out is, you know, it was kind of a hidden thing, but now they have a, a whole like recommendation section. My thought is, and I don't have any facts behind this or any data or any research, but my, my theory is that they will soon monetize the recommendation section as they build it and more and more people use it. Right now, if you ask for a recommendation, it automatically puts that box on there and pops you into that section. Um, mm. But I think they're gonna use it as a great place to monetize. Um, 
you know, recommendations and, and things like that and, and have like featured people in certain categories. I, I mean, if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I would, but um, it's totally. a great, great t- tool and resource. It's easy to use. And that's what I like to try to tell people when I first start working with, like, let's see what you're doing now and where are we missing low hanging fruit? What's the easiest, you know, path of least resistance to start getting results today so that we can start to build a long-term future because so many agents don't have anything going on. They're in the day-to-day grind. Like they have to go in the office today and find a deal today because they didn't have anything that's bringing something in from no seeds planted the week before, the months before. So it's just a day-to-day hustle for so many people. And so if we can at least get them out of that uh, mindset, you could start to build longer term uh, plans and start to build a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Now's the best. What's front end. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, especially with what's going on now. It's like now you, A, you have the time. B, everybody's on the freaking internet, like Everybody tenfold. else has the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're sitting there. They're, they're on Facebook right now. Yep. Yep. Or, or what? MySpace. <laughs> yeah. I'm older. MySpace. Remember Friendster? Were you on that? Friendster. No. Uh-uh. Pre, Pre-MySpace. Oh, wow. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like Facebook. I mean, it was, but you had to like, remember how Facebook was, you had to know someone to get into it. That's how Friendster was. Yeah. Friendster was just like that. Um, cool, man. So what, what, so, so interesting. What other, I guess, what other, um, nuggets do you have as far as like low hanging fruit, maybe to get some agents, um, interested and, uh, kind of see what this kind of world's about and and uh show them what kind of what what internet marketing can do for them yeah so you know i think it, it what i've learned over the last five six years um you know, i worked with thousands of agents and and um, i think the biggest like i've learned more in the last 12 to 18 months since we recently developed a, our own marketing automation platform and so we watched hundreds of thousands of leads go through um you know, sales process and follow-up journeys and tracked all their movements. And so we've got just an enormous amount of data and something that I didn't do when I was selling that I would have, if I could have redone something, I would have learned more about the consumer behaviors and what motivates people to drive, what motivates people to buy insurance, like how their, how the consumer thinks and what's going to make them respond. Um, because ultimately I'm of the belief now there's no right or wrong way. I would, if you would have asked me two, three years ago, I would have said the, the best way or the right way to market is to use social media and, and online. And as for today, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to generate a lead. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to um, build your business. There's just different ways. Um, and you're going to get different results. So if you give me a thousand people in a database, um, you know, you can cold call that database, you can mail that database, you can um, run ads to that database, you can go knock on their door. Um, there's any number of ways that you can work it. As long as you're working it, you're going to get results. Um, you know, so as far as low hanging fruit, I would first establish, okay, what, what tools and resources do I have? It surprises the hell out of me today, how many people don't have a database? They, like if you, if I said, give me a thousand people that I can work, they don't have it. Um, or if they do, they don't know how to access it. And so first and foremost, you have to get like, if you were to go and, and if you're going to give your, your list of people to call, 
how do you have that in a format? You got to get it, like put it in an Excel format, have your database. So you at least know how many people are at your fingertips. And then from there, you can establish what is the best way to work this. Um, you know, is it to call them? Is it to mail them? Is it to go knock on the door? What, what am I going to do? But have it. And you got to put something in place to start working that database. Because the thing that I've learned is that if you have a thousand people, there, there's going to be at any given time, 10 to 15% of people that are interested at some level, whether it's willing to hear you, uh, not hang up on your face, in your face, you know, like they will visit your website, open an email at some level, 10 to 15% at any given time will at least hear you. 85 to 90% aren't, they don't want it. They don't want to hear you. They don't want it. Um, and then between one and 3% are going to take a quote at any given time in your database. So it doesn't matter how you reach that person. That's going to be, like I said, after watching hundreds of thousands of people, that's the law of large numbers says that one to 3% of people at any given time you'll reach that will ask for a quote. So if you, you scale that out and we say, okay, I'm going to cold call my list. Okay. So for every hundred dials, you, you're probably going to reach 10 and you'll get one or three between one and three to say yes to a quote every hundred dials. Now right. you can do that also with mail. You could do that also with digital marketing, automation, emails, text. Uh, however you do it, doesn't matter. You're going to see those same type of results play out. So, you know, put a, a, something in place to establish who you already have in front of you because that's your path of least resistance. Instead of spending more money to get somebody new in, you got to start working what you already have and keep mm-hmm. something in front of them at all times. And then you can add on. But what I, what I tell people is if you don't have a process in place, you don't have some sort of uh, workflow or, hey, when I get a lead, this is what happens definitively. Whether it's you, your team member, or whatever, it should be a uniformed, systematic approach to how a lead gets worked and how they get followed up with. And then from there, uh, you can start piling new leads on. But if you don't have a foundation or a process that you're going to use to follow up and maintain yourself, maintain these, these relationships with these leads, you're just piling shit on top of shit, and it's not going to work. Uh, so there's no that reason bring- to be buying more leads when you don't have a system or an ecosystem to put them in. That brings, yeah, that's a great point because you can have the, and what everybody, everybody complains about all these leads are crap, but it's like, dude, you can take the best leads with no process and you're, you're going to get no results. Yeah. You might sell one or two policies, but you'll, you're never going to get great results without a process. Probably not even going to sell one or two. I mean, literally, (laughs) because look, look at those numbers that Sean went through, right? If, if one or one to 3% is going to say yes to the quote, well, what's your closing rate on an internet lead? Is that, you know, is that 4%? Well, shoot. So you're going to get 4% of the 1%. So, I mean, you got to send out a lot of stuff, right? Or take yeah. a lot of leads. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. But, but it really does come down just to the numbers, you know, and, and yeah. depending on what systems you're using, like we have a, a system that, that works really well where we get good analytics, right? So, okay, we know where it's going. We know where the customer journey, where it ends up. We, we, we're looking at all these things and it gives us a huge advantage over the guy down the street that's plugging his leads into an Excel spreadsheet, yeah. right? And I mean, I know you've been doing this long enough. You've talked to enough agents where some of them, the Excel spreadsheet is actually pretty good technology compared to, you know, like yeah. there's people with the paper, right? And you're like, yeah. dude, what? Like yeah. you can't get results that way. I've got a client who he printed out, he's got a filing cabinet and <laughs> over the last 15 years, he's, he prints out the lead and they're, they're in alphabetical order. 
Well, um, they're alphabetized. Yeah, and and then he's <laughs> why, got why alphabetized. And then, yeah, and he's got them. Uh, some of them by X date. He's got X date files. He's got alphabetical files. <laughs> so, oh, if he's wow. sorry, I'm laughing. But but it's like it's real world. <laughs> yeah, what's the benefit of alphabetizing some leads and putting them in? A... Yeah, <laughs> but that's but this is this is an important distinction. Is people will be will make themselves busy because they think that they're doing something that's that that is hey hey I was super busy today what were you doing alphabetizing my printed out internet leads yeah <laughs> okay but what was the result of that well they're in the they're now not on my desk they're in the file cabinet right like right. they're never going to sell yeah and so you know focusing on doing the right activity to get to the desired result is what's important yeah. yeah, it all comes down to, like you said, the numbers and the data. And, and most people don't have, uh, they don't have it. They, I mean, uh, even your captive companies where you've got access to that type of information, uh, they, they still don't, they don't know it. I mean, and, and you have to know how many, you got to know what your sales process is. How many times am I going to call them? How many times um, you know, is it going to take before I get the first uh, appointment? How many follow-ups after that? You know, what does that real life sales process look like? And I think people just get a lead, they'll work it a couple times and it's very arbitrary. Uh, there's no, they don't know that, hey, the last 10 sales that we've done, we on average called them eight times to get the first appointment, four times after it closed it. Like they, yep. So they just call it a few times and I don't know, because it's Wednesday, decide this is not a good lead anymore and put it off. And, and, and it's kind of, you know, I, I, I fault a lot of the agency owners. There's so many agency owners that are disconnected. Uh, they don't understand the day to day. Uh, they don't. They don't know really what their team's going through, um, and so that 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 boils down to lack of leadership. Like if if your team doesn't have that, it's because you didn't provide it to them. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of the agency owners are run by team members, and their the team members, I guess for lack of a better term, have their agents by the balls. It's hard to find good help. It's hard to get somebody licensed, and an agent would rather sit on dead weight that they know needs to go, but they don't want to go through the hassle of not having that person and having to hire somebody else. So having a little extra workload and then going and finding and licensing somebody else, they would rather just sit on two, three team members that are marginal at best and then blame it on a lead provider and just figure, well, we just got to find the right lead provider. And these team members have been spoiled for the last 10, 15 years of, I don't have to have a follow-up process. I don't have to learn how to sell. Right. Why? Because he'll just buy another lead. And I'll just get the, the ones that are easy, lay up deals. And if you actually look, I mean, I, I think that insurance has all but lost any sort of sales mentality in the industry. Right. Very much an order-taking industry and a bunch of people who really belong in customer service and or administrative somewhere. And they're not totally. Yeah. yeah. The, our, our sales meetings, we do, we do one in the morning, we do one in the afternoon. I know Jason does that too, but we, it's constant to talk about, look, it doesn't matter who it is they are focused on price and, and we have to convert their thinking to the way that we do it here because it's going to help them, you know, it's going to serve their need. But if, if you don't do that, then it, it, it will always gravitate back to the order taking, right? Because that's the way that the, that's the way the prospect expects to be sold. And that's the way that they, they've never been trade on sales. So that's the way that they sell, right? It's the perfect, the perfect marriage because yeah. they just do it the way that it's expected to be done. And everybody, you know, then, and then you close 3% and you cry about it. And, you know, yep. in order to move the needle, 
you, you, you have to change that conversation, but they have to be passionate about it. They have to help. They have to recognize that every deal is going to start the wrong way. Yeah. Right? They're not going to come to you and say, Hey, look, will you tell me the value that your company has? And, <laughs> uh, will you explain yeah. why I need higher coverages than I, than the state minimum? Cause I really hate insurance. And, and I, and can you take longer? You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. we're, they're never going to ask for the thing that we need to deliver. And yeah. so, you know, that's where the finesse and, and it's training, like you, it's constant training, constant. But then where, where marketers like yourself and smart agents that, that also are, are good at, at marketing by going to courses like yours uh, can, can benefit is then you're finding the perfect avatar, right? You're, you're looking for the ideal client who is going to be more receptive to this way of thinking. You know, the, the college kid with state minimum, that's going to be a harder discussion. So why are we targeting them, right? right. The shotgun approach isn't the best way. Yeah. I just went just. No, no. I mean, you make some really good points. I think that what you said I, I kind of like the most is, um, you know, they're, they're buying on price and your agents are selling on price. And I think that's the, that's the key is that you can't fault the consumer for buying on price because that's what every company has ingrained into the consumer's brain is that all that matters is that we can save you 15%. Right. 15%. That's, that's what matters. And so that's what the consumer has been trained to believe is important. Um, but that's the industry's fault. And, and you mm -hmm. by yourself as an agent, you aren't going to have the power to change that because it's just too big of an industry. So you can only play that game to get them in front of you. Once you have the conversation, then it's on you no longer to sell price. Right. Um, you know, I, I had a guy where uh, working with a company that you know, we can't mention, but he, uh, he says that you know, these people are all focused on price. Uh, all of the, the leads are focused on price and they're just not competitive. Um, same company. I showed him the comments from um, a campaign in his market with the same exact targeting and a comment on the ad was somebody from Geico and she said that she had switched to this other company who we were running the ads for um, and was able to get towing. She was able to get um, rental car coverage and went from a thousand dollar to uh, a $500 deductible. And she said it only cost her $20 more a month. And so that she went publicly and like said this on the ad. And so I was like, you know, this is somebody, yeah, who, who specifically said that she was excited to pay more because she got rental car coverage, which she didn't have. She got towing, which she didn't have. And she had a $500 deductible now instead of a thousand. And she was stoked about that. So obviously that agent sold them correctly versus yes. you, you see that they're with Geico and they're paying less and you're like, Oh, well, I'm 30% more. I'm not going to sell this. And I've even, I've heard people, we have recorded phone conversations at some of these yeah. sales calls. And an agent literally said when they quoted it before they delivered the number to the customer of like, Oh man, this is a terrible rate. <laughs> I mean, told the customer, so, yeah. Like right. what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that's it's unacceptable, right? To, to, and, but that's a lack of training and the fish rots from the head. So if the leader isn't, if this isn't part of the company culture, then it's never going to change. Right. And it starts with those meetings. You got to have those meetings in the morning. You got to have the meetings in the afternoon. I just got a, a, a message in our messaging system from one of my guys. He said, I just got a sale off build a wall. 
moving somebody from 2550 to 25500. It just came on oh. my other screen. And it's like, you know, that was more, right? But oh, yeah. he created the need by asking the right questions and put them in the right situation. And, and it, by design, it gets them a little pissed off at their current company, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, you have a big gap. What are you doing? And so right. here he is, just moved him. So I can't wait to get that call. They buy what you sell. They buy what you sell. So if you sell price, they're going to buy price. If you sell yeah. value, they're going to buy value. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So, tell us, tell us about, about oh, I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. I was just saying, most agents don't want to talk about sales. They don't want to hear that there's a sales problem. It's a lead problem. Always, always has been. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's blaming the wrong thing. Yeah. Because the, yeah, the leads, the leads are the leads. It's a name with a number and they have cars and they need insurance. I mean, yeah. it doesn't change. That's <laughs> all you can expect. There's no Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross leads here. So, <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about your program. You, so do you, do you have, you have a, a, a course that, that tells people how to design ads or is it, is yeah. 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 We've got, um, you know, we have a ton of courses, you know, um, last year or maybe 18 months ago, I really, uh, and not as involved with the, the coaching side as I used to be. Um, it's more digital products at this point. I don't spend a whole lot of time actually teaching people um, how to do it. Um, the courses are there. The, you know, if you can read an instruction manual, you can learn how to do it. Um, you know, we have a marketing agency now. We, we work on, based on retainer, and we basically do everything for the agents. Uh, we just found a lot better success that way. Uh, because, you know, if an agent is trying to learn how to run campaigns and learn the whole marketing thing, it, it changes so fast. I mean, like there's times where I'll put out a program and two, three days after everything changed and I got to re-record the whole thing. So it's like it, it, <laughs> it's changing so often uh, right now that it's really tough to keep up with if marketing's not your full-time gig. Um, and so we... Um, you know, we've, we more focus on our retainer clients and uh, for those that, you know, we still have, you know, I don't know, maybe a hundred or 150 people still paying for the digital product access, but it's not coaching anymore per se. Okay. Well, cool. So how, Sean, how do people find you or, or where, what, which, what should we put in the show notes that, uh, um, yeah, I mean, if up? you want to learn more about what we do at, at the marketing agency, just go to surefiredigitalmedia.com. Um, and then, uh, you can check out uh, insuranceleadgenie.com as well and uh, learn more about the automation tools and some of the, the websites and stuff that we do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of good groups out there um, that you guys can join. Do you guys have a Facebook group? We do. Yeah. Uh, join their Facebook group. Uh, just get plugged in, man. Uh, that's what I would say. Uh, stay away from groups where there's a lot of trash talking and nonsense going on. Uh, but there's a lot of productive insurance groups that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, a ton of them. I, I'd be careful with, with what, where you put your money. The, the one thing I can say about this industry is there's a lot of, there's a lot of trap doors. Um, there's a lot of fluff. Um, you know, there's a lot of regurgitated material these days going around. Um, so really just kind of check out the source, um, you know, and you'd be surprised at what you can learn for free. Uh, I'm all about max, maximizing, you know, what you're able to do to, you know, just learn the platforms, learn the audience, see yeah. what's available. It's really not hard to do. It really is not hard to do. If you want to invest the time, uh, I personally would say delegation is key. Uh, just like you can't be on every sales call, just hire somebody out, man. H hire an accountant. Don't, don't waste time doing your books. 
uh, hire good salespeople, hire service people, uh, hire a marketing company, and hire lawyers. Don't don't mess with that stuff so that you can focus working on the business and try not to work in the business if you're in a position that you can do that. Train your staff, get rid of dead weight, and focus on low hanging fruit. Love it. Yeah. Love it, Sean. You basically answered the final question. Yeah. <laughs> which is what advice would you get? What's the one piece of advice? And that, there you go. That was, that was all the advice. All of it. That's all you need. Yeah. Don't complicate it, man. It just, you know, yeah. think of what I would say is, is think of, uh, uh, you know, I try to put, put an analogy in anything. So, you know, if you look at uh, sending an email, that's the equivalent of a mailer. Like however your brain currently operates, if you're a mailer, if you're a, a cold caller, or if you're a live transfer person, like whatever it is that you do to generate your business, um, there's a, a corresponding, you know, digital way to do that. And it's not that digital's better. It's just a little bit more efficient and cost effective. You know, a friend request is like bumping into somebody and it's a virtual handshake at a networking event. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a message is like an elevator pitch. If you, if you message somebody on Facebook, you know, if you, um, you know, look at the recommendations, uh, it's a great place to go. Um, you know, sending an email is, is like sending a physical mail. It's just a virtual mailbox. Uh, you know, a video message, that's like a cold call. So if you can get that in front of a thousand people, you just made a thousand sales calls. You're probably going to get hung up on and, and deleted and moved on by most of them. But your video is there forever. And every time it's played, it's a new sales call uh, to your audience. And so just kind of think in terms of that and, and look at how you can expand what you're already doing um, by using technology and, and different tools like that. That's awesome. Love it. There's such a Great huge... Advice there's such huge value in that list, right? In your list. And um, we buy all these leads, right? All these leads, whether it's Facebook leads or YouTube leads or, or internet leads or whatever, right? But we have the email. And so we're developing a list and then it, it will just sit over there. And it's such a huge thing to take advantage of because you're, like you said, I mean, you blast out 100,000 emails, you're going to get 1%. Mm-hmm. And so huge value there. So th- Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Really yeah, good. Thanks to meet guys. You. Appreciate it. Anthony yeah, told me to say day. hi. Oh. <laughs> Aguilar. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. Great advice um, throughout the whole time. So that, that was, yeah. thank you. Really good to meet you, man. And I'll see you on the, uh, on the Facebook. Cool. Thanks guys. Yeah. All right, Sean. Thanks. Thank you. How are you going, Sean? Take care. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.